Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland with Pastor Sherelle. Let's talk about the things that affect the body of Christ in this world today and how we can truly impact the world. Enjoy the next song and following that will be the voice of Pastor Sherelle live in Portland. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast with Pastor Kimberly Black from Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church in Portland, Oregon. Do you know Jesus? Did you know he could live in your heart if you invite him in? the next song you hear prepare to be blessed of the Lord prepare for a move of Holy Spirit prepare to know Jesus in your heart
shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For the Lord our God is great. He is good and he is worthy to be praised. Good evening and welcome to the light of Portland. I am your host tonight, Pastor Kimberly Black all the way from the City of Roses, and it is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be able to worship with you tonight in your home, while you're riding on the car, while you're sitting at the job, wherever you may be tonight, there are two or three gathered together, so prepare your place to be ready to receive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're just so grateful that you chose to worship with us on tonight. We are in store for a treat. We just want to recognize all those that make this platform possible. We give thanks and honor to God to Bishop Stephen and Bishop Ann Butterfield from Atlanta, Georgia, to my friend, my sister, Pastor Sherelle Pennington 
and to all the men and women of God that preach on this line every week. We are so grateful. We are so thankful for each of you. Tonight, we are in store for a special treat. I have guests with me tonight all the way from Temple, Texas, uh, prophetess Dr. E. Laura Porter from Religion or Relationship Deliverance Ministries will be our speaker on tonight. And taking us to the throne of grace and introducing our speaker will be my friend, Lady Elder Angela Brown and from the St. Paul Mission Baptist Church. And so we are so grateful that we are all here tonight where we can come together to praise, magnify, and lift up the Lord our God. I just have a couple of announcements I'd like to share with you. I want you to know that all roads lead to Portland, Oregon this weekend, September 22nd, 23rd, 24th. We will be gathering together at the St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church, 8101 North Fisk Avenue for the fourth part of Women Under Construction, Breaking Through, Unleashing God's Power. If you have heard anything about this retreat, this conference, this you 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 know this is a time that you don't want to miss. On Friday night, there will be a candlelight praise and worship service. Our very own conference psalmist, Johanna McCoy from the Mount Olivet Baptist Church will be leading our praise and worship. And along with her will be members from the community joining in on the praise team. And we have Pastor Gloria Stenham coming to minister through song. People from Imago Day coming to minister. So we want you to get there on Friday night. This is open to the community, men, women, boys, and girls. So tell everybody you know it's going to be happening Friday night at St. Paul. And then Saturday at 10 a.m., the women will come together for a breakthrough conference workshop. The registration is $25. With that $25, you'll get a wonderful T-shirt. You will have breakfast. You will have lunch. And you will be fed the word of God. We have two workshop speakers, um, Dr. I'm sorry, Pastor Deborah Kimbrell from the United Family Church of Vancouver, Washington, and yours truly, Pastor Kimberly K. Black from the Greater St. Stephen's Missionary Baptist Church here in Portland, Oregon. Our host for this event is El- Lady Elder Angela Brown. She's on the line with us tonight, and I want her, if she wants to share a little bit, to share a little bit, and then uh, she can um, introduce our speaker and give us the prayer. Amen. And she's texting me to let me know that if you want to get a T-shirt without registering for the conference, the T-shirt is $10. That's how bad the T-shirts are. They're just going to sell the T-shirt so you can have a T-shirt and walk around the city to let the city know that you are a woman under construction. Amen. So the T-shirts are $10. You're welcome to pick one up um, Friday night. But if you register, one comes with your packet. And so we're just looking forward to having a great time. For all of my family and friends that are in Spokane, Washington, I want you to know that I will be in Spokane, Washington at the New Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Pastor James Watkins, amen, is the host pastor for their Women of Hope Fall Fellowship Tea. This will be Saturday, October 14th 
3 o'clock p.m. at the Emmanuel Family Life Center. Emmanuel Family Life Center is located at 613 South Richmond Allen Court. That's in Spokane, Washington. And then we don't want you to forget what's happening right there in Georgia for all my family and friends that are in Georgia. Our very own Pastor Pamela Laws will be in a stage play. Amen, amen, amen. That is um, next Sunday, the 24th. They're going to have two shows at 2 o'clock and at 7 o'clock. The title of the play is Don't Want play house no more don't want to play house no more that play is written by faye childs and for more information you can call 404-3834-1169 i'm asking that you all forgive me tonight with my reading amen this play will be held at the fair child it's it's a Fairchild production. It will be held at 117 North Park Square on the second floor in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, you can call 404-834-1169. That is Sunday, September 24th. They have two shows going, 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock p.m. Let us continue to keep um, Pastor Pamela Laws and the entire cast Lift it up in prayer that God will have his way. The message will be heard. Souls will be saved. Minds will be transformed. Bodies will be healed. Amen. We're just grateful to God um, that you all are here with us. And I want to now yield this call over to Lady Angela Brown. And um, I'm going to ask her to... Angela, Lady Brown, can you hear you? Are right here. I found you right here. I made you, unmuted you. Lady Brown, good evening. Good evening. Can anyone, everyone, hear me? Yes, ma'am. We can. Well, well, praise the Lord, and uh, I'm so honored to be on tonight with uh, all of you. Uh, I thank God for uh, my sister allowing us this opportunity to just uh, pray with all of you, to introduce our speaker, and just to talk a little bit about our Women Under Construction uh, Conference. I do want to make a clarification uh, that Pastor Black uh, said, because I want the women to come, and I want them to be blessed, and I don't want there to be any confusion. Amen. The registration cost is $25, which will include breakfast and lunch, along with a fabulous gift bag, but the T-shirts are a separate cost. The T-shirts are $10, separate from the $25 registration. So, don't let that stop you from coming on Saturday. That gift bag is wonderful. And, of course, the food is going to be off-chain. So I want you all to come, all the women across uh, Portland and Washington, to make sure that you show up on Saturday and take part in our Breakthrough Workshop. Amen. This is going to be a fabulous time for our women in the City of Roses. Uh, God has uh, placed on 
been speaking to my heart concerning this year's conference, along with Pastor Black, who is our co-host, amen. And uh, uh, he said, all you have to do is prepare the conference. The women will come, and he, uh, being our father, is going to be in the midst, amen. And I'm expect, expecting a breakthrough. I'm coming with anticipation, and I hope that all the women are coming with anticipation as well to receive a miracle from the Lord, amen. So as uh, Pastor Black has uh, uh, asked me to, I, I want to introduce uh, my friend, um, it is an honor and privilege to be able to introduce uh, Prophetess Dr. E. Laura Porter from Religion or Relationship Deliverance Ministry, as Pastor Black said, out of Temple, Texas. Amen. Uh, me and uh, Prophetess Laura have been very good friends, uh, not just uh, uh, personally, but in the ministry. We work together in Kissingen. Germany, amen, when we were both, our spouses were stationed in Kiskin, Germany, and we worked in the ministry together at New Life or Abundant Life uh, Church of God in Christ in Kiskin, Germany, amen. She and I worked closely together and became really good friends in the ministry where she went on to become a licensed evangelist uh, missionary in 2001. And then God spoke to her heart in 20, 2004, calling her as a prophet uh, to make ready the saints, amen, to bring people out of bondage. Uh, but through the years, this calling would birth a personal movement in her life that would later become the backbone of her deliverance ministry. And I am very familiar with that as we were in uh Abundant Life in Kipskin, that was both of our ministries was based off of deliverance. So it was not surprising to me that God had called her out to birth this ministry, religion, or relationship uh, that was created to pull down uh, religious rituals, expose strongholds, and attacks of the enemy that possess and oppress people all over the world. Amen. It is also a means to lead community members in establishing or maintaining a healthy relationship with the Lord. Amen. Out of this has birthed uh, many ministries under Prophetess Laura Guidance and Tutelage, uh, Kingdom Kids Dance Crew, um, also uh, Shape, which is Teachings of Spiritual Gifts, The Word Up Podcast, Son. City Radio and International Gospel Radio Station, amen, where she, uh, it has been nominated for two SPIN Radio Awards. Dr. Porter is also a 2019 inductee into the Black El Paso Hall of Fame as the Media Personality of the Year, amen. So as she's coming and being our conference speaker this year at the Women Under Construction, we are in for a blessing. I'm getting excited just thinking about what God is going to do through her, not only through this uh, conference, but tonight on this call. Uh, everyone get ready for uh, Dr. Uh, Prophetess E. Laura Porter from Religion or Relationship Deliverance Ministries out of Temple, Texas. Amen. Father, let us uh, 
bow our heads and pray together as we touch and agree. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you, God, for this day that you have allowed us to bask in your glory all day long. Father God, we thank you, God, for the privilege just to just to be uh, in your presence, Father God. And so we tell you, thank you, God, for this uh, medium, Father God, that you have allowed us all to come together, that your reach is extended across this country, Father God. So we're asking, Father God, that you just have your way on tonight, Father God, that you open up the hearts and the minds of your people on the line tonight, dear God, that we are ready to receive a word from the Lord, Father God. We thank you, God, that you have sent Dr. Porter, amen, to minister to our hearts on today, Father God. I ask, Father God, that you just uh, open her her up, Father God, remove self from her, Father God, that everything that she says, Father God, that it will bring you glory, Father God, that it will edify your people, that it would encourage us, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that you bless the word that she is prepared, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you use her, Father God, like never before, Father God. Give her holy boldness, Father God, and we give you all honor, glory, and, and praise, Father God. We thank you, God. For your presence, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for your anointing and your power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. Thank you, Jesus. Adoration and glory. It belongs to you always. Oh, you deserve my worship. Yes, you do, Lord. You deserve my praise. Adoration and glory belongs to you. Saving me, oh, 
Amen. I have 30 minutes, and I don't want to even take that long just to give you guys what God has given to me. It's a word of encouragement, revelation, and knowledge as well. Um, I'm going to come from a familiar passage of Scripture. I'm coming from Isaiah 53 and 5, and I'm going to move around. I'm going to jump in. I might hit Isaiah uh, 1 and 18. I'm going to hit probably Isaiah 53 and 12. Um, and some other scriptures, I'll give them to you. So you can write them down and then meditate, go back after this, and have God give you a fresh revelation of what it is that he's saying to you through the word of God. But going from Isaiah 53 and 5, familiar passage of scripture, and the word says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And I also want to just touch on Isaiah 53 and 12, just the B clause of that, where it says, and he was numbered with the transgressions, and he bared the sin of many and made intercessions for the transgressors. So in that word that I just read, Isaiah 53 and 5, as well as the, the, the second half of Isaiah 53 and 12, it derives a question from me that I want to give out and pretty much make it the subject in, in the text that I'll be coming from. So basically talking about um, what God gave me was Jesus, he really did pay it all. He really did pay it all. And then I put in parentheses, well, we just weren't aware of it. I'm going to say that again because I know it sounds a little snubby. And I wasn't trying to be snubby. That's the revelation God gave me. Jesus really did pay it all. But we the believers, men and women of God, we just wasn't aware. So let me get to what I'm talking about. Have you ever just looked at Isaiah 53 and 5 and wondered why was it necessary to break down, to be distinctive in the wording, to be distinctive in saying, you know, first it, uh, uh, Isaiah 53 and 12 actually talked about the sin. And then it goes on to transgressors. But when you talk, when you look at Isaiah 53 and 5, it says, you know, uh, it, it breaks down uh, that he was wounded for our transgressions. And then it says that he was bruised for our iniquity. And then it says the chastisement of peace was upon, was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Why was it necessary to break down? Sin in one portion, and then say this is what happens for the transgressions, and this was this this is what happens for the iniquity. And I thought about that, and I was like, there had to be a reason because God is intentional in everything that He does. So there had to be a reason why He broke it down step by step by step. And I had to dig, do some research and dig into that because all my saved life, I just knew Calvary as being Calvary. He died for my sins. That's what I knew. Everything that happened there, everything that I've gone through, every sin that I've committed, everything that, that, that I've been delivered from and healed from, he 
did it on Calvary. He died for my sins, and I just left it there. But God said, you know what? That's why there's some lingering things in your life, because there is some things that you're missing that I did. I really paid it all. You just weren't aware. Looking at that, I begin to break it down. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about sin. Let's just hit sin. So when you think about uh, sin, and I'm going to my notes, I just want to make sure I hit um, everything that God was telling me. What is sin? So sin is, it it simply means to miss the mark. It it means to miss the mark or we have fallen below the the, the standards of God. We're falling below uh, of what God uh, considers to be holy and acceptable. Uh, we, we, we missed the mark. We've done some things that are not pleasing and acceptable to his sight uh, when you're talking about sin. In First Peter, he says, be ye holy, for I am holy. So if you're not missing that mark of being holy because he is holy, that's sin. And, and, and let, me just, let me just say this about the word holy. It, it can be a loaded word. That can be a loaded word. And what I mean by it being a loaded word means holy for you may not be holy for me. Yeah, there are some things that are just standards. But don't put what God is saying is acceptable for you on me. If he didn't give you that revelation for me and then confirm that thing with me, don't put it on me because what we're doing is we're walking in bondage and we're placing things on people based off what God delivered us from. It may not be what they need. But be ye holy for I am holy is what God is saying. So when you look at sin, you know, he says for all, in Romans 3 and 23, he says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So sin is, is, is when we just miss the mark. We can commit a sin and we repent of that thing and leave it alone and never return. And we're good. If you miss the mark or you do something and you have an art against your brother or you do something that you know is just not acceptable, to what God has, has, has shown you and what you know to be uh, 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 acceptable to God, and it, and it is considered sin. And you say you repent and you turn from that sin, and you never repeat it again. Jesus paid for that. That was taken care of as Calvary. We're good. You're good. The problem comes, which is what he's talking about in Isaiah 53 and 5, is that he also was wounded for our transgressions. So he didn't just die on, for, on, 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 on the cross for our sins. There was a process. And part of that process was he had to be wounded for our transgressions. So our transgressions, it gets a little bit deeper. The, the, the Greek word for transgressions is parabasis. And that means simply to overstep. That, that means to offend. It's like you're violating the law. You're breaching the law. You're actually overstepping, uh, uh, going into someone's space without permission. That is transgression. It's a pre-established, it's transgression means that when we trespass and we overstep a pre-established boundaries. You ever seen someone who, who, who has no trespassing on their property, that's their property. And if you breach that, you have trespassed, you violated a law. That's what transgression is. 
It can be a multitude of things just in our life. Rebellion is an act of transgression. Many of us that are walking in the callings on our life, well, I don't want to put y'all in the same boat that I'm in. I don't want to do that. This is, this is something that God has dealt with me. I've walked in rebellion, which I did not realize that was transgression. How? Because I didn't want to accept the call on my life. I was running. Now, it's quiet because I'm on the radio, I'm on the mic, you guys are muted. But I'm wondering how many toes have I just stepped on? You know God is tugging at your heart. You can't even sleep because he's in your dreams. He said in this word that I speak to you in your dreams. I speak to you even when you're sleeping in your dreams. And so we transgress because we want to do something different. So we overstep his authority as our father, and we don't do what he's called us to do. That's a transgression. That's rebellion. Jesus was wounded for that. He was wounded for that transgression. There's another transgression. Transgression can be this unjust act on our behalf, treating certain people a certain way because of a certain statute and treating others a certain way when God sees all as the same. But because of their title or because of their money or because of how great you see them in your natural eyes, we begin to treat others unjustly. That's transgression. Jesus died for that. He was wounded for that. Here is one, racism. Now, we've been, we've been taking on the secular world example of that, especially as African-American people and, and, and Native American people in this country, we've taken on, you know, systemic racism and saying, you know, this is what's going on. But it's just transgression. Why? Because it's a trespass and we overstep our authority as men because we feel we can treat people a certain way by the color of their skin. That's a transgression and Jesus was wounded for that. What about the music that we listen to. That's a transgression. How is that a transgression? Listening to Kirk Franklin, listening. No, I'm not saying that's a transgression. I'm saying it's a transgression in an act of perversion when I have to listen to someone sing or, or display music by telling me their acts in their bedroom. That is a a, a seed of perversion that's being planted. And in that seed of perversion, it's a trespass. I don't want to know that. It's a trespass, especially when you get on a national platform and you spew that out into the ears and the spirit of young people who haven't even experienced certain things, but you're introducing them to it. It's a transgression. And Jesus was wounded for that. Transgression is huge. We don't realize it, that Jesus died for that because we never identified it as a transgression. We've been walking in this thing not realizing that we already have the victory. Would you sit in your home or would you allow someone to come and beat you up and tear you down and make you miserable when you have a loaded weapon right in your hand? That means you have the means to defend yourself and to stop the abuse, but we never pull the trigger. Well, 
It's almost like you're accepting it. That's what we've done for years with transgression. We have a loaded weapon that took place on Calvary when he was wounded for them. But we continue to take the beat down, all of this transgression that is going on over and over and over again. There was a reason why Jesus, why, 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 why the transgression had to be a wound, because there had to be bloodshed. Blood had to be shed. Jesus had to shed blood for these transgressions, because remember, when you sin and you repent, and you turn from it, and you never go back again, you're good. God sees that. That's no longer part of your life. But when you just take a bold step to accept things and to do things, and these things are, are acts of unjust and, and perversion and, 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 and rebellion and things that are like overstepping and breaching the law and is, and is a violating that a violation that's a transgression and it takes blood to cleanse that. So in transgression, when Jesus went through Calvary, he had to be he had to shed blood seven times. Seven times he shed blood, and he shed blood those seven times because in that he was covering every transgression that would try to come against God's people. Just a sidebar, and I'm not trying to take too much time, just a quick sidebar. When they, Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden, when they were in the Garden of Eden, and, and, and this is after the, the breach, when, when, when they allowed the transgression to come upon them, and then they were removed out of the Garden of Eden, that's when they started having children. They didn't have children in the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel came after when Cain and Abel came after, they were already exposed to evil and good. Their eyes were open to things that they didn't have to deal with when they were under God's complete covering. But they got up under his covering because of sin. And then because it was never, it, 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 you know, they had children in that, it became a transgression. So what was the first thing that happened as far as a violation was Cain killed Abel. Transgression. Cain killed Abel. Murder. Violation. Breaching of the law. Right there. Right there. And there had to be an establishment to clean that up. It took blood. It took pure blood. It took innocent blood. It took blood that knew no sin. It took blood that knew no transgression to come in. But Jesus could not just stop at shedding blood. It had to cover every transgression that was released when Adam and Eve began, when they left the Garden of Eden. And so the first shedding of blood was when he was circumcised. That was the entrance because this was the plan from the beginning. And when he came, the first shedding of the blood on his entrance that he came in was when they circumcised him. He shed blood then. Then on Calvary, that's the stage of exodus. He went, they plucked his beard, bloodshed. Then there was crowns of thorns placed in his hands. 
bloodshed. That's three. I'm sorry, crown of thorns placed on his head. And then hands, nails, hands, feet, bloodshed, bloodshed. And then they pierced him in his side, bloodshed. And the final one, the healing, the stripes on his back. All level of transgression was covered through those seven means of him moving, of, of him shedding blood. Now listen, they did not have to pierce him in his side. Because the, the, the law back then, to ensure that the person that they were crucifying was dead, they broke their legs. If they didn't get a response from them breaking their legs, then they knew he was dead. So they could have just broke his legs. No. Part of the plan was to cleanse us for all iniquity so he had to be wounded. And part of that, seven, got complete number took the piercing of the side. And that's why the scripture is so clear when it said they pierced him in his side and the blood began to spew out. Because that was part of these iniquities that we're living with today. We're still dealing with racism. We're still dealing with perversion. Today, we're still dealing with that. And Jesus had already paid, Jesus already paid for that. So let me move on. So the scripture says, not only was he wounded for our transgression, but then it says he was bruised for our iniquity. So I'm looking like, okay, so now he was wounded for my transgressions when I violate the law, when I overstep, when I breach the law, when I, when I go places I should not be going because I don't have the authority to do, just as the enemy does in our lives. You were wounded for that, but you were bruised for my iniquity. Iniquity. What's an iniquity? Well, let's talk about that. An iniquity is when you it's when sin not dealt with, and then you do sin is done again, and it's done again, and it's done again, and it's done again. It's like you sin, you don't repeat, you don't repent. You do the sin again, you do the sin again, and now it's an iniquity because it's a part of your habits. It's a part of your walk. It's a part of what you do on a daily basis. It's a part of your life. That's an iniquity. Iniquities are dangerous because iniquity is what passes through the bloodline. That is the root of a generational curse. That's an iniquity. That's an iniquity. Iniquity means that it bends or it distort, it distorts the heart. It, it bends the heart towards things that are, are not pure, things that are not godly, things that, 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 that are not acceptable in his sight. It bends the heart and distorts it. That's an iniquity. And those things, because it goes to the heart, it is passed down through the bloodline. It is passed down through the bloodline. I wonder why there are certain things I can identify in my life that's not necessarily positive that I can go back and identify in my mother because it was an iniquity that was never dealt with. It was something that didn't get taken care of from the root, and it passed through the bloodline, through generations, through the next generation, and through the next generation. And here in 2023, 
Some of us are still dealing with iniquities that happened with our great, great, great grandparents. And so it's a predisposition towards sin. It's like, it, it's, so when people say alcoholism and, and, and drugs, that's a choice. Being a drug addict is a choice. Being an alcoholic is a choice. You know, being a, 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 a sex offender is a choice. Watch it. Watch it. And I say that because there is an iniquity that's been passed down in the bloodline. On and on and on. David passed it down in his bloodline. When David did what he did to Bathsheba, that iniquity stayed within his family. Son raped his sister. His son, yes, his son raped his own sister. Solomon was wise. The Bible declares he was the wisest king and richest because with that gift of wisdom comes money, comes wealth. Solomon had it all. But that iniquity, not dealing with that sexual perversion, not dealing with that transgression, and not, not repenting from that sin, that iniquity, just doing it over and over again, passed through. And the Bible said when Solomon was old, he had many, many women, and they turned his heart from God. Iniquity. If you don't deal with iniquity, it just follows through the blood. Blood, next generation, next generation, it goes on and on. And you can be predispositioned for this stuff. Our babies can be predispositioned for this stuff. How is it that science have acknowledged that there is predisposition for these things and the church hasn't? When you go in and you have heart issues or you have diabetes or anything that is it's been named among your body. Any sickness and illness that's been named among your body. You know what they want to know? They want to know your family history. Come on, somebody. They want to know your family history. Why? Because that's in your blood somewhere. Somewhere it's in the blood. Somebody has diabetes. Somebody has high cholesterol. Somebody has heart failure. Somebody has it. You're not the first. And science figured that out. How is it that the church has it? It's iniquity. And Jesus paid for that too. He did it because he was bruised for our iniquities. Why does it say he was bruised for these? Why, why, why bruised? Why couldn't he have been wounded for the iniquities as well? Because I, I want to talk to you a little bit about how bruises even work. When we're bruised, what happens is like the blood is is. Uh, 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 the, the the white blood, well, no, actually, it's a damage going on. There's damage that's been taking place. And what that damage does is it causes a blood to clot, and that blood begins to form. And as that blood has begun to form, it becomes a bruise. It becomes a bruise. It starts internally, but give it a minute, it's going to be able to show on the outside. That's the same way with this iniquity in our lives. It may have started years ago to the point that some of us didn't even see it, but that thing was being stirred up under the scene. Ha! It was being stirred up under the root. It was being stirred up below, below eye level, and now it's coming out. And it's being seen. Now it can be physically seen. Yes, you know what? That's not the first uh, 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 situation where this uncle has molested somebody in the family. This is not even the third. This is not even the fourth. Yeah, now the bruise is being 
already damaged. It's already there. But give it a second, and now you'll be able to see it on the outside. And bruises stay around. They don't go away. If it was a wound, it's going to scab up, it's going to heal, and you're going to move on. But when it's a bruise, a bruise on my body, and this is the honest to God truth, a bruise stay on my body for at least, at least four weeks, if not more. Bruises will stay on you forever, and you will see them. And what happens is how are they healed is there's a discolor. They begin to get discolored as it begins to heal. But what happens is some clean blood has to go. My God, clean blood has to come in. And in the natural, the white blood cells or the clean blood cells, they come in, and they begin to gobble up that bruised blood, that, that damaged blood, that blood that's caused that discoloration under the surface that's not surfaced on the outside. Jesus said, I had to be bruised for these iniquities that's passing bloodline through bloodline and bloodline. I had to be bruised for that. You want to know why? Because I had to get real clean untainted blood to come through and flow to gobble up and clean up that tainted, bruised, nasty, sinful blood that has passed from unrepented sin to transgression to iniquity from bloodline to bloodline to bloodline to bloodline. And the saints, we've been living with this stuff. We wonder why you can look at your children. My daughter was in the fourth grade, and my husband and I were going to specialists trying to see why they could not get her heart, her blood pressure under control. But then I began to sit back and look that myself, all of my siblings, I have, it's eight of us, four of us are living. The others were all died of heart issues, every last one of them. Some of them was provoked by drugs. Some of them were provoked by alcohol. Some of them were provoked by obesity. I'm still calling out transgressions. Y'all see where I'm going? But they all died by heart issues. When I was 35, in the hospital, heart issues. Now you're going to come younger in the generation and try to attack my eight, nine-year-old daughter? But I'm just rebuking it and saying, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, she's healed. By his stripes, she's healed. She's healed. She's healed. Now I realize that this thing is an iniquity that has not been dealt with. Now she's going to be 20 in, in two days. And when we go get our heart checked out, her blood pressure is day okay. Because the iniquity, the bruise, the bruise, I had to release the clean blood to clean up that tainted blood. I can't get through everything I want to get through to encourage you all, but let me tell you, poverty, accepting things like, you know, uh, um, just uh, living beneath the standards of, of, of what God is showing you, you have all of those things are iniquities that the, the, the black community or the communities of colors have accepted. We've accepted that. Jesus, I was bruised for that. That's why it had to be a bruise for your iniquity and not a wound for your iniquity because it's going to take time for that new blood to come in and gobble up that old blood, but it can be done. Number one, this is what has to happen. You've got to acknowledge that there's some iniquity in your bloodline. I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years or five days. 
you have to acknowledge that there is some unclean blood in your bloodline, some iniquity done passed through that you've got to get rid of. And Jesus already paid the price for it. We just weren't aware. But now we have an awareness. He says this in 53 and 6, and I'm going to close this thing out. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He's taken all the iniquity. When he, the going astray, it, it, the word iniquity in the Hebrew means it, 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 it's awan, A-W-O-N, awan. And what awan simply means is go astray. So it's a, it, it's a, 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 a situation that has been passing and is and is is taking us as far away from God. Every generation gets weaker and weaker to the same iniquity. Every generation, every generation, every generation. Whereas my mother died, her heart exploded. She was sixty-seven. I was thirty-five when I was in the ICU for her heart. My baby girl was in the fourth grade when her heart started. You see, you see, this is how he has been winning, but he's defeated today. I Listen, acknowledge what's in your bloodline. Take a list. Look at the way the people have died. Look at your family. Look at the way some of them are living. Look at it and then begin to look. Even us not being able to properly spend money and maintain money and save money, that's an iniquity. Oh, yes, it is. That's an iniquity because it's passed through the bloodline. It's a generational curse, and it's, it's going to be adopted by those you're raising because they're going to do what they see. If they see you not saving, they see you not investing, they think, why, why would they? They see you always borrowing money. They think that's the way to be. You're just saying, we, we have just talked it off as you're not teaching your kids right. No, the devil has basically infiltrated iniquity through money in your family, and we just didn't acknowledge it. But, oh, God, he was bruised for that iniquity, and there's some clean blood coming in and is gobbling up that bad behavior. So with that being said, I thank and praise God for this opportunity. If I go on, I'll keep you all on here forever, and I'm not going to do that. But I pray that you got something out of this word. Next time you read Isaiah 53 and 5, don't read it the same way. Know that everything that God said was intentionally broken down the way that it was because there is a weapon in each of those statements, whether it be the bruise, whether it be the wound, whether it be the strife being healed. I didn't even get to that part. I'm telling you. There is a strategic plan of victory in it for each and every one of us. God bless you, and thank you all for this opportunity. Amen. 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 What a powerful word on tonight. All I can say is we just wasn't aware. Prophetess, thank you so much for that word on tonight, and we are praying that God will restore everything that you poured out on us tonight. I hope, my brothers and sisters, 
tonight you learned something. We learned something. We heard something that we hadn't heard before. And we have been given the opportunity to pray for generations to come as we realize Jesus really did pay it all. Good evening to you all. I hope and pray that you've been blessed by the word on tonight and our time of worship together. It has been an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to worship with you. And until next Sunday, may the peace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us hence now and forevermore. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Pastor, a, a prophetess Porter, we'll see you this Friday in Portland, Oregon.